What's up, Heather? How you doing? I'm doing well. What's going on? Uh, I don't know. A little bit of a Friday night, a holiday. Friday night, holiday weekend. Yeah. What's going on with you? Nothing. Yeah, some Jimmy Same Jamma. thing. What's new? Uh, you said I, I was the devil last time we tried this question, so uh, am I still the devil? Well, I had some Bojangles chicken. Uh-huh. That's kind of new. Uh-huh. How was it? It was delicious. Was it the best, best chicken, chicken I've ever, ever had. had? I mean, it was so good I wanted to slap it. Oh, wow. Mine was so good I wanted to slap your mama. Mine was so good I was going to drive to your mama's house, ring her doorbell, and then smack her. Ooh. That's how good it was. My mama won't let you in. See? <laughs> <laughs> Your mama lives too far away. She does live too far away. I wouldn't even drive there. Just the smacker over some chicken. That's uh, too too far. Too so late. what's uh what's new with you? Did you get some new clothes? That looks like a new blouse you're wearing. It is new. Yeah, I'm not liking it anymore since <laughs> I was told it looks like I'm in prison. Or Beetlejuice. I mean, I don't like it now. I liked it before, but thanks, very to, <laughs> thanks to one of our guests, I don't like it anymore. It's very uh, Tim Burton corpse bride. Shut up. It's... It was flattering with the outfit I bought it when I was wearing these cute little black pants that looked cute. Not with these shorts. Oh, okay. Don't look at me. So, That's uh, but I bought some new clothes. So I'm going on vacation. In right. two weeks, I'll mm-hmm. be gone. You're going to Savannah on a road trip with I'm Mama. I'm going to Savannah on a road trip with my Mama. And then oh. we're driving down to Florida, and you all will be here, and I won't. <laughs> and, uh, That's all. I and have nothing else new. And you can't make me. I so. can't make you do nothing. <coughs> but we have some special guests here tonight who we should introduce. We do. We Go have uh, Megan Houston, who is the long lost, distant, maybe alleged, uh, not really relative of Whitney. You may recognize her from a previous show. Yes. Can't seem to get rid of her. <laughs> she won't go away. <laughs> and then we have another long lost, maybe alleged. This may be our A listest guest, A listest yes, guest alleged, yet. Maybe alleged. not really. Straight from Kenya, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Obama. Once I get started, you'll never forget me. That's we'll never right. forget. Ladies and gentlemen. May or may not be allegedly not really related to our president. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And then we have with us a prestigious studio audience member, Charo, for those who were alive in the 80s, may remember her. Coochie coochie coo. Coochie coochie coo. Coochie coochie mama who. So that's who we have here tonight. But what are we talking about? Gabriel? We Okay, so in the last show, we talked about the overprescribing of America. And so we gave you a medical point of view. We talked with nurses and we talked we talked with people from the pharmaceutical companies and we talked to people that knew a lot about clinical research and stuff like that. So we thought we would uh uh, change it up a bit, and we would talk about the other side, the darker Negative side. Negative side. Yeah, we're going to talk about the criminalization <laughs> side because I, I Eric Obama is a former probation officer, and uh, uh, Megan, Megan Houston, Houston. Uh, is um, has a degree in criminal has a justice. degree in criminal justice. And I was telling a story at our last show about she someone burps who like a man. She does burp <laughs> like a man. <laughs> I was telling a story at our last show of someone who I know who went down the unfortunate road of becoming addicted to prescription meds, which turned into a very dark story for him, uh, and he went to some jail time. Um, so we thought that it would be relevant to talk about the darker side of prescription meds and, and addiction and, and where that can where that can take a person <coughs> yes so, so yeah. let's get started let's let's do oh wait i have one more new thing okay i'm wearing my new doctor who t-shirt kind of cool isn't it yeah, it's, <laughs> very yeah. pulp fiction mm-hmm. so anyway okay 
our our view our li- listeners can't see that. You have to gonna you're gonna have to put a picture. Follow us on Instagram, and you know who we are. Who are we, Heather? Dwag. Dwag. D i w h a g. And when you visit us there, don't forget to head on over to Twitter and fuck Heather's Twitter. <laughs> it's not just mine. It's but our it's Twitter. No, I don't remember what it is. Now I don't remember because this time I didn't remember. Last time I had it down pat. This time I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I think it's doing it H and G. Right. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> Sounds Cause good. Because I just have an automated login, so I don't know. But follow us there because, <laughs> hello, we have 16 followers on Twitter. 16. Our, one six. We have 380-something followers on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is on our Facebook page. It is. So... But get there, do it, cause fuck it. Yes, get Cause there, cause fuck I need it, it, and do it, cause Heather needs it, and she needs you bad. All right, she needs you to fuck her Twitter so bad. Anyway, okay, so let's <laughs> go on. Horny. <laughs> Are you getting horny over there? I am. Moving uh-huh. right along. We're gonna call you Eric Clinton. Yeah. Right. yeah, really, <laughs> not Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Clinton. So, so um, yeah, let's dig into this. So anyway, uh, what's the dark side? Yeah, you guys tell us the dark side. Why don't we start with you, Eric? Tell us some tell us some dark stories. What what's like some crazy stuff that you saw on on the other side? And how does it relate to prescription meds? Um, right. Well, I was a probation officer for four years, and I took the job to try <coughs> to help people the best I can. But what I found out was, um, her- heroin addiction is an epidemic right now in this country, and it's worse than it's ever been before. And where were you, a probation officer, here in North Carolina? I, I lived in Greenville in Pitt County, but I actually commuted. I was a probation officer in Beaufort County, um, right near the coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, even in a rural county like that, heroin was everywhere. Wow. And what I found out was that um, everybody was getting prescribed pain medication. Um, <coughs> maybe you were someone who knew that you could just go to the emergency room on the weekend and complain that you had pain. And the nurses and the doctors had no choice but to give you at least a three-day trial of prescription medication. Um, Maybe you got in a car accident and you legitimately needed pain medicine. And all of a sudden you were prescribed Percocets and you were taking one every four hours or a couple a day. And next thing you know, they weren't quite doing it for you. And next thing you know, you became sick. You know, if, if you didn't... Um, one or two wasn't doing it for you e- each day. So you needed more and you needed more. And next thing you knew, you were addicted. And uh, I'm so fucked up right now. <laughs> 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 Wait, what, what made you want to? What made you want to get into? <laughs> when, when you guys, when you guys were, when you guys were nailing this, I know all this shit's gonna be edited. But when you guys were nailing this shit Not earlier. I was all about it. I okay, was so all about it. Let, let me ask you a question. So what made you want to get into in what made you want to get into the role of being a probation officer? What triggered that for you? Help people. <laughs> <laughs> Megan. That's what he said. I know. Shut up. I wanted to be a probation officer because I knew that I had made some mistakes in my life. I had had a DWI when I was eighteen. I had smoked some pot in my life. I had taken some pills. I had done some shit that wasn't, you know, societally accepted. But, you know, I knew that everybody has their flaws, and I felt like I could uh, empathize with people and I could help them. Mm -hmm. So instead of being one of those types of people that is a cop 
that, you know, never did anything wrong and just wants to go around writing tickets. I felt like I was the type of person that could relate to somebody. Mm -hmm. Somebody gets a DWI, they're addicted to drugs, they did something wrong, broke the law. I could kind of meet them halfway. And help them. Empathize with them and help them, yeah. you know. And um, so, what what happens when someone what what does your role entail? So, like someone, what they get released from jail because they did some time because they got caught with possession or something, and then what? No, nah, it's um, probation is actually more. Most of the people that I supervise were actually people that if you, let's say you you know broke into a house, or let's say you got you, you uh, got caught selling drugs, mm -hmm. um, you went to court. Instead of going to prison, mm -hmm. the judge decided to put you on probation okay. for a period of time. And and then I, I supervised you. And so if what, I have to check in with you, what, every day, every two days? Well, it, it would depend. Every Everybody's uh, case let's, was different. Let's say I got caught for possession of heroin. Mm -hmm. And uh, then instead of going to jail, I had to check in with you. What would that typically be, every day, every week? It would depend. And Everybody, it, it depends on the judge. Every, let's Sentence. say it's every week. Let's say I have to check in with my probation officer every week. And what does that entail? Like, what do I have to tell you? What are you checking on? Um, it would probably be a drug test yeah. where you come in the office for a drug test. I would probably have to come out to your house um, for Make a drug sure test. Make sure I have no drugs. Look through your house. I have warrantless searches. That means I don't have. I don't need a warrant to search your mm -hmm. house. I can search everything in your house. What am I allowed to have in my house? Can I have alcohol? Um, I just can't have heroin? It depends. Everybody's case is but different. But let's say my case, my case is I got arrested for heroin possession. Mm -hmm. My first time offense. Mm -hmm. Never done anything wrong before. Not a DUI, not a speeding ticket, nothing. What are, what are you going to check for in my house? It depends on what the judge <laughs> tells me. <laughs> the That's judge tells you. She okay, can't have any anything judge, illegal if narcotics. If the judge tells you check for heroin, that's it. She can have liquor, no problem. Then you're good, then I'm good. No, they're going to say, obviously, just, I'm just asking. they're going to say, obviously, no narcotics. All so right. when I come by, I'm checking to see if you have any drugs in your house. I'm probably going to search your house randomly. I'm going to have you come in into my office randomly for a drug test. Mm -hmm. The problem with probation is that, like I said, there's a there's a huge heroin epidemic. But right now in the state of North Carolina, there isn't drug testing for heroin. There's what? only there's only drug testing for opiates. Oh. So the hmm. the thing is if you're a heroin addict, the first thing that you know is that what you need to do is have a prescription for opiates. Mm -hmm. So you find a way to get on prescription medication for Percocet, Lorset, Darvocet, mm -hmm. Methadone, something that It's a crazy family. Something <laughs> something <laughs> that when you come into the probation office office and you're shooting the needle every day um you seem to get away with it yeah heather you know? you've uh so you've you're good for a few more years <laughs> okay. while there's no test <laughs> there's no test for heroin i'm good <laughs> you're good <laughs> so so eric what would happen if you if if okay so let's 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 do a rundown if you somebody got arrested for heroin or, or let's say somebody had uh went to jail for forging prescriptions um and you had to you 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 had to go to their house or whatever and they you found prescriptions what would happen after that what would happen at that point that doesn't make any sense to me it depends on what the judge sentences <laughs> you to 
if if you found out this person was breaking their part of the arrangement or whatever, what happens? Probably nothing. That's why I got out of it. Really? Um, because I had people. Okay, basically here here's what here's what generally happened. You would have people that that got in car accidents mm-hmm. or something legitimate. You know, maybe they had a blood clotting disorder. Maybe they had something that they had no 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 uh, no control over. Right. Okay. And they needed a prescription for pain medicine. And what the doctor prescribed them was Percocet or Oxycontin. Like mm-hmm. we were both or, or talking about in our last episode. Right. Yep. And so what happens is, is that the way the drug is designed, it doesn't take very long for you to develop a tolerance. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if you're taking it for its medicinal purpose. Mm-hmm. So before too long, you're having to take three, four, five, six a day. Okay, you're getting to a point where you're running out of your prescription very quickly, and you have to wait till the next month to get another one. Now all of a sudden, you're in pain if you don't have it. Right. And I even remember, you know, you saying you get to a point when you think I need one, your stomach starts turning. Mm-hmm. You start to feel nauseated. You start to feel sick. And what happens is, is that you find out very quickly is that it, it's not about solving your pain anymore. Right. It's about just preventing yourself from getting <clears throat> sick. And that's a very scary thing that happens to just about everybody that I've ever experienced that has a prescription for opiates for an extended period of time. So what happens is is you find out that you can go bag you can go buy a bindle, which is ten bags of heroin on the street generally for about a hundred dollars. And a bindle will last you about a week if you are a casual user. Just okay. enough to get high to get you by. Okay, that's a lot cheaper than buying 10 Percocets. So sure. what happens really? is... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. On the so street, what, you mean? Yeah. Okay. So what happens is is that you start off, you start up, whether it's, whether it's recreational use, you're just trying to get high, or maybe you're just some innocent guy that's going through a bad stretch of luck that needs, to, needs a prescription for pain, and you build up a tolerance very quick, all of a sudden... What you've been prescribed doesn't work for you, and all of a sudden you look for an alternative, something that, um, you know, you run out of pills. and Get you a high quicker. Yeah, but yeah. Right. the scary thing about opiates is that it's not about the high. The high is very euphoric. I mean, I've, you know, I'll, be the, I'll be the first one to tell you. I've used, I've used pills t- to, to achieve an, a euphoric effect, but very quickly – the euphoric effect goes, goes away, away. Mm-hmm. because that's what that's the sad thing about it is that the the scientists and the doctors that that create this medicine haven't figured out a way to create it in a way that allows you to take it where you don't feel it. There's no euphoric feeling where you don't develop a tolerance so quickly. I think that goes mm-hmm. back to like what I was talking about, the fentanyl patches in the last mm-hmm. episode right. where I could put it on my leg and I would know it was there. Yeah. You're supposed to change it, what, Megan, every 72. 72 hours and sometimes I would forget about it. But it was because it it didn't provide a euphoric <laughs> feeling when I put it on and it was such a gradual release of medication that literally you could forget it was there and I would be like, oh, I, w- I would see it in the shower and I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to change this and I totally forgot but about it. What happens, Eric, if, if you were to go into someone's house and bust them let's say what what's the consequence for them um well i mean i would have to arrest them uh-huh. um and then what you take them downtown or what i would arrest them let's say i find a bunch of heroin on them i'd call the police 
Um, we confiscate the drugs. We take them downtown. Um, we'd set a court date for them. We'd go to court. I would have a couple options as a probation officer. <laughs> I could um, I could ask the judge to send them to prison, mm-hmm. or I could ask the judge to send them to a rehab facility. So you get to make that call. I mean, not the call, but the I advice. I get to make the recommendation. recommendation. Yeah. Right. And um, I found out very quickly that in, in the state of North Carolina, rehab facilities – barely exist they barely exist really Mm -mm. and they also they don't like people that have like mental disorders Mm -hmm. Mm. if you have if you have any if if you have uh any like schizophrenia if you have any type of bipolar Mm -hmm. anything like that they don't want to accept you and so what i started getting pissed off and very frustrated about is that they would want you to they would accept you if you said you were addicted to marijuana mm-hmm. and you had no diagnosis otherwise. But if you were a crackhead or a heroin addict and you had schizophrenia or bipolar or anything else that terribly needed to be treated, mm-hmm. nobody would take you. So I'm sitting here going, facility. right. So yeah. I'm sitting here going, this system is completely fucked. Mm-hmm. So why am I wasting my time? I need to get another job. Is it because the people in those facilities thought that the issue maybe wasn't the addiction, but maybe it was the mental illness, and they weren't equipped to handle the mental illness part? Well, that might be a part of it, but another part of it is that when you go to the rehab facility, they don't allow you to take all the medicine. Oh. oh. So that's if you're neat. schizophrenic, see, that right. that's the thing. And see, that's the thing with most, and, and that's why it's so fucked up, is that whether it's alcohol prescription medication where whether it's marijuana whether it's cocaine no matter what it is most people (laughs) that take drugs take it to self-medicate for some sort of other issue they have but these rehab facilities diagnose you with some sort of some sort of problem and then they won't take you yeah i mean it's fucked up right yeah is it is it that the rehab facilities just aren't like equipped to handle patients with mental difficulties or that's a good question. Pro- that's a good question that I never got answered. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I got mm-hmm. out of it. Because there was a, a a female, Tracy Mayo. I mean, nobody knows her. Right. But, um, and that's not even her last name. That's not her real name. But um, she was a crackhead. And she tried her best. I worked with her so hard to get off of it. I sent her to rehab three different times. And I finally had to get her sent to prison. But... The significant rehab facilities that she needed to go to, they wouldn't take her right. because she was schizophrenic. Mm. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So I see people all the time going to, going to court, and they were sending them to 90-day rehab because they smoked pot. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Hmm. Are you, we're really? Like, we're spending our taxpayer money sending some fuck, mm-hmm. fuck up to a rehab facility for weed when we got somebody who's desperately needing help Mm-hmm. And, and, and my, my job, the reason I was hired, was to help this human being try to get out of this. Right. And you're telling them they can't go because they're schizophrenic. And how long ago did you do this? I did it from March 2010 to September 2013. Wow. Mm. And that's, that's interesting. And I thought that if, and, and, and I think that's a job that I, for the right pay, I think that's something that I could have done for the rest of my life because... It seems like it would take an emotional toll, though. It, it did. Seems like it can be really a stressful job, and that you'd leave pissed off and just not in a good space every day. Yeah. And right. uh, one thing about it was that when you get off work, your job's not over mm-hmm. because the people that you supervise—I supervised about a hundred people on probation <laughs> on average. 
hundred hundred human beings that mm-hmm. that are on every kind of drug and fucking up at, in at every one time way you imaginable. Would, this is how many you had at one time. Right. Oh, wow. All the time. Wow. And um, how do you and keep up with that? Many you people? can't. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. But what would happen was is that when one of them fucked up, somehow it was your responsibility. You were in the wrong because they messed up, and somehow that's your problem. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, after a while, I was like, you don't pay me enough. Mm-hmm. Fuck y'all. I got mm-hmm. I got to do something different. Bye, so Felicia. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's basically <laughs> what happened with me. But um, Wow. So, yeah. It sounds like a really tough job. It does sound like a really it tough job. It sounds like a tough job. It's not like you've seen all sorts of <clears throat> stories and cases and, and people and mess. Well, and you see lots of, like, lots of news stories where – people aren't getting the help that they need right. or, or or whatever. But didn't didn't Megan, didn't people used to be able to go to rehab in a hospital? Somehow to detox? Didn't, didn't that yeah, used to be a thing? I don't the, since I've moved here, there's very few resources, especially for mental illness that I've right. noticed here. I North mean, Carolina is really bad for all of that. It's really, really yeah. bad. And so that's the unfortunate thing because a lot of issues with drugs and crime and all that stuff stem from mental di- mental mm-hmm. disease and mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. treatment facilities yeah. there's just not enough for the amount that we have nobody to with. people would just they just want to treat the symptom not the they just give not them the illness they just give yeah them medication there's no you know some of these people need to be in a facility for a certain amount of days it's very hard to find someplace i know when i worked in one of the er's here it depending on your insurance if you had whether you had insurance or not if you didn't i mean there was places that they had to go out to the mountains just to go to a facility right so that's yeah and back up in maryland i mean there was places everywhere that somebody you know if they needed to get in for mental health you could get in somewhere a little bit easier Mm -hmm. than here i can i can i can recount a time that that we had to go to the to the emergency room in the middle of the night because i i had gotten a new blood clot and the kid Next to us, and I guess in the curtain beside us, was uh, had been caught with drugs, and I I got from his parents and listening to to the doctor um, that he was underage, like I guess under twenty one, mm-hmm. but his parents were desperately trying to get him to get help, and they were asking the doctor. They're saying, "Is there a facility that we can send him to? Is there somewhere that you can recommend? Can you put him in?" And I and I heard you hear this kid speak up and say I want to get help because I can't stop this on my own mm-hmm. and they wrangled for hours what with the mean? doctors well the doctor told them he said well we think that there's a facility that we can send him to and his parents were like is there a way that you can keep him in the hospital for 40 let him detox and then let's send him to we he the kid was desperately wanting to go and I just remember the doctors going you know this is probably something you might want to do on your own at home. We're going to let you go. The I, I don't know if the kid had come. Came, had Detox is awful. I don't know if he had overdosed or what. But they, they were trying to send the family out. And the family had good insurance because they were telling the doctor. So he goes, I, he, he was like, let me go make some phone calls. I think there's a place we can get him into tonight. Okay. And so – they came back and after hours and hours and hours and the parents, the mother was just crying and they, you could hear the kid begging for help, begging for help. And the parents were like, you know, this is our kid. We have to help him. We can't because we know what this will escalate into. And the, the doctor came back and said, you know, the facility, because you have such good insurance, won't take you. Mm-hmm. And then the, so then the dad was like, well, what do we have to do to get him in there? We'll pay for it out of pocket. 
And the doctor goes, well, you realize this is probably about two or $300 a day. And the doctor was trying to basically say, don't pay, don't for, pay it. for it. But the family was like, no, we, this is our kid. We'll pay for it. We don't care how much it costs. We'll pay for it. So they eventually got the kid in there that night. But it was such an ordeal. And I felt bad because not only was the family begging for help, the kid who was on the drugs was begging for help. Yeah. And he literally was like, I need help. I can't stop myself. So and it just seems like there are so few resources for that kid to get help. Yeah. I mean, this is a kid that knew probably 10 years from now he was going to be dead on the street somewhere. And this is society looks down on people like that when the kid was trying to get help, yeah. you know, and it's I feel like here addiction is a disease and they have to start recognizing it as a disease. It's not just somebody said, you know what, I think I'm going to be a drug addict because I don't have anything else to yeah. do. The, the, the people who I was talking about in the last episode, I, I told a little bit of a story about two people who I know who have been impacted by an addiction to prescription drugs. And the second story I told was with someone I know quite well. And. He had a really hard time finding a treatment facility because mm -hmm. um, he really he lost his job not because of the addiction because of something else, and he was really struggling with trying to find a place who would take him right. to treat him to help him get because he was like I don't want to be addicted to this drug anymore I want my life back right. I, you know my family back I, I'm I'm done with this but I can't do it by myself. And it was really difficult for him to find a facility who – he doesn't live in, in North Carolina. Um, but it was really difficult for him to find a, a facility who would help him and take him. Right. And he – you know, I know that there are um, people who do not agree with the Affordable Care Act. But whether you agree or disagree with it, he signed up for it. So he was able to get some health care. And as a part of that, he was able to get into a um, facility – Unfortunately, he was um, arrested on a complicated thing, which I won't go into, um, and he had to detox in jail, yeah. which the taxpayers wound up paying for it anyway. No. Well, he was in jail. He didn't get any medical care during his detox. He sat in a jail cell. Jail cell. He sat, sat in, in jail a jail cell in a bed by himself with his roommate in Mayberry. Yes. <laughs> For for weeks on end. What was his drug of choice? Um, it started out as oxy, I think it was oxycontin, but ultimately it was heroin. Okay. And so he <coughs> he didn't want he didn't want this. He wanted help, but he got arrested for something else. He was eh, it's a long story. I won't go into it, but um, it was kind of a bad place at you know wrong place at the wrong time kind of a thing, and um, so he wound up while he was in the process of trying to find a treatment facility his addiction to get off of these drugs and get his life back on track he was arrested for this stupid thing and then wound up in jail because of this trial that trial being moved and this that and the other thing and he wound up detoxing completely in jail with no medical care no help you know some addicts will go on methadone or whatever or right. gradually weaned off nothing just cold turkey sweating vomiting shaking you know nights on his own by himself um, and he was in there for, I think, a month and a half, if I remember correctly. And he's clean now. And right. he's like, I'm good. That's I just what need I the say. support now to, 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 to right. stay maintain. off it. Yeah. That's right. what I was curious to hear how, how your story ended. Because um, the interesting thing about opiate addiction, which is heroin addiction, mm -hmm. is that you cannot die. You can die. People die every day from mm -hmm. heroin overdose. Mm -hmm. 
but you cannot die from heroin withdrawal. withdrawal. Yeah. You can die from it's alcohol miserable. withdrawal. People die from alcohol withdrawal every single day. Yeah. But you will want to kill yourself mm. when you go through a heroin yep. withdrawal. He said it was. You will shit your pants. Yep. You will vomit. You your 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 ankles will cringe. You'll feel like somebody's got uh, shanks on you. I mean, it would be horrible. Yeah. But you will come out clean on the other side, he and came that's out my of it. thing. And it was and cold turkey, no medical assistance, wow. nothing. Just and that's heat. what bothers me about some some uh, county jails is that with sheriffs is they allow heroin addicts to have methadone and other drugs to counteract the vomiting and everything else, which shows me that they're political and they're not trying to save a human being. Yeah. Because yeah. what I say is for a heroin addict is tie them up to a fucking tree and let them do their thing for two weeks, and then they come out clean on the other side. I mean, I wish that this person had had someone to help him, like even someone to give him fluid. You know what I mean? Right. Because right. he was in a jail cell on a bunk by himself, shaking, vomiting, all the things that you described, with no one to help him. I mean, the jail, they didn't care. The jail wasn't there to help him through detox. Right. But he had no one to, like, give him fluids, make sure he was hydrated, make sure he felt as well as he could. But he got through it. He detoxed right. it. He's clean as a whistle now. Right. He still needs the help to make sure he stays clean. Right. And that's what he's in the process of, of getting help for now. Um, but it's just, to me, his case is one – It and I'm, I generally – Truthfully, I generally don't have a lot of sympathy for addicts. I, I just don't. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, you know, at a certain point when I feel like you should know, oh, this is becoming an issue. Or or even if you don't know it's becoming an issue, you make a choice to use that drug. And and I, I will admit I have some issues about this. And you all can email me at heather at doingitwithhng.com <laughs> if you want to bitch at me about it. Hashtag bitch. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but I feel like you make a choice to use whatever drug it is. If it's pot, if it's heroin, if it's cocaine, if it's crack, if it's Oxycontin, not on a prescription, whatever it is. You make a choice to use that drug. If you do it once and you like it, cool. If you use it rec recreationally and you can manage it, I don't care. Mind your business. But if you become addicted to that, I feel like, you know what? You made that choice. And so if that's something that you struggle with, well, then you got to get help. And if you don't get help, I can't tell you I'll be sympathetic to it. So when this person who I know quite well um, went down this path, I will tell you the truth. When he first told me, excuse me. When he first told me that he was struggling with this, he was mm -hmm. in my home and told me he was struggling with his addiction. And at first, my reaction was, you fucking loser. Right. right. But then I had to step back and say, I know this guy. He's not a fucking loser. Right. He's a responsible individual. He has a family. He has a good job. He's not a loser. He's, he's, a, he's a reputable member of society. Right. But here he is in my home telling me he has this addiction. He spent the night in my bathtub because he didn't have any drugs to take that day because he ran out. Was He's your mom and your dad both in your life? In my life? Mm -hmm. there, I, I'm not putting you on the spot. No, I, I'll answer you. My mom, yeah. My father and my mother split when I was really young, and my mom remarried when I was nine. The reason I ask is because— I'm not an addict, if that's no, what you're kidding. No, no, I'm, I'm not putting—I <laughs> I didn't mean to, I, in yeah, any yeah, yeah. circumstances, put you on the spot. It's just, um, like— I would have to, I would have to go see people at their homes at seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. Well, the guy who was in my house, I was an adult. 
right. at the time. I, I wasn't a kid when he was in my house telling right. me he was an addict. This he, was, was he was in no, your house. My home. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not making an excuse yeah. for anybody's addiction. No, no, no. I know you're not. What I'm saying is I knock on a door, and I would have a woman come to the, come to the door, and she obviously didn't know where the fuck she was at mm-hmm. at all. I mean, she was oblivious to where the fuck she was at. She couldn't even hardly respond to me, and I'd say, where's Maurice Cox at? And she'd say, I don't know. And she'd just be shaking her head. She had no fucking idea. And um, it just kind of changes you. It, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's a horrible it's a horrible thing mm-hmm. that you see. Like, and that's why, you know, you know, the good Lord blessed me with the opportunity to have two good parents that were alive, that, that loved me, that made a good living, that taught me right from wrong. And I realized that there's a lot of people that don't have that same opportunity. And well, this, um, this person who, who was addicted, he had two parents, mm-hmm. been married his whole life, never separated. They had some issues. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Everybody does. They had some serious issues over the course of his life. They're still married. His parents right. are still married. He has children of his own. Good guy. Um, but he sat in my house, and he spent the night in my bathtub with the shower running because he mm. was going through some withdrawals. But he That's couldn't do anything about it. Do you think he told you that he had an addiction? It was sort of like, I'm asking you for help. He needed to tell someone. I don't think he was asking me for help, but I think he wanted to get it off his chest. He wanted to make it known. Yeah, he right. wanted to, he wanted to say something, and this was this was seven years ago. Because because it makes me wonder. And, and this was seven years ago when he said this, and he's been right. addicted for a while. He's just now. This is the person I was talking about who just went to jail and had and detoxed in jail. Sure. He's just now out. Right. As of last week. You know what I always say, and you know, and I tried I tried to put it in perspective all the time because I dealt with so many drug addicts. I dealt with child molesters. Look, I would have people sitting on the other side of the desk from me that were that had raped their grandchildren mm. that oh. did not do a single day in jail. Okay? So people say, Why are you not still a probation officer? You work for the state, I you had all these it. benefits. Yeah. I'm saying I had grandpa mm-hmm. that fingered his granddaughter. You know, I'm I'm just throwing You're it just out a there. Human, so just we, like we, n- we right. need to understand the magnitude of the situation I was right. dealing with every yeah. day. Yeah. And Grandpa didn't do a single day in jail. Yeah. Why? And I'm and, and I'm having I'm having to treat them like they're a decent human. No, there was no addiction. Mm-hmm. There was just the laws are so liberal nowadays in North Carolina that mm-hmm. you couldn't do anything about it. But um. That's tough. I wonder yeah. because because I wonder when you when you say that that. You know, you think people make a choice, and and you and you ask about me. Yeah, but yeah. but and then and you know, and then you know, we we think that maybe th- if they come from a broken home or something like that, I can speak personally without giving any names. But I'm sure everybody that knows me pretty well knows that that my family was just affected by this tragically, mm-hmm. um, and and the, and the person grew up in a very wealthy family, uh, only child, Still loved married. them to. Yeah. Married kid, perfect life. I mean, his parents were married. His parents were still married. Yeah. Were you know, yeah. and uh, you know, I I s- never saw him at his worst, but I saw him on his knees. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And I I have to think that that he wasn't in control of that situation. I it think that it doesn't matter where you come from, where you come from, right? It's a chemical. You know, 
it's, yeah. it truly is yeah. because you can raise your kids. You can, I can raise my kids exactly how you raise your kids. And it doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they're both going to turn out the same because they're each going to make their own choices. My grandmother raised seven kids. Yeah. One of them was an alcoholic. One of them was addicted to heroin. One of them drank and ended up killing himself. I mean, and she raised them all. I mean, she was a great mother and she did what she could, but you still, and it doesn't matter. My it's the individual person. Thing. It's each right. person it's you make sure. a choice. Individual brain, I think it's a, ke- it's a, I think it's a choice, but I think it's also a brain chemistry. And, and sure. for me. Oh yeah. I mean, addiction uh, is, and it, and it's not just addiction to drugs. It's, no, a, it's addiction in general. There are many yeah. things people have to do. Totally. Yeah. Some people just have that tendency. There's addiction to porn, addiction, addiction to sex, addiction to alcohol, addiction to drugs, whatever it is. I mean, I, I'm with you. I agree with you totally. My, my grandparents both alcoholics, <laughs> totally alcoholics. My, they had five children. Of those five children, I would categorize two of them as alcoholics. Of those two, one of them has done some hardcore drugs. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe for a period of time she was addicted. That's my opinion. Um, and of that, of those people, the next generation um, we there are some issues with addiction. I mean, I we come from. That's why I joke about it. I say we come from a long line of addicts. I say that because, you know, my father died of a drug. Overdose. You can speak to it. That. Sure, yes. absolutely. I mean, my my biological father was an addict. He was an alcoholic. He was a sex addict. He was addicted to hardcore drugs. That's what killed him. Right. And so for me, when I say the reason I get so angry about it, and I, I it's kind of a, I see both sides of it because sure. on one hand I can get pissed off and say it's a choice. You make a choice to take this drug. Fuck you. Initially on, you do, but then But on the other hand, I see the case of the person I was you. talking about before who I don't have that same opinion about. And I right. think, God, this is not his fault. Yes, he made the choice to take this drug. However, he didn't choose what he's dealing with now. Right. So I have kind of a conflicted point of view. But I think about the, the, I think about the situation I was saying before, and then I think about the types like my father, and I don't mind saying this because he's dead and he's my father so i'll say what i want but here's what i have to say about this <laughs> he my father i'm getting into some personal stuff now go on chanelta so my father started doing serious heavy drugs and alcohol when i was really really little probably before i was even conceived way before then i'm sure um he's been an alcohol probably his whole, an alcoholic probably his whole life But my father got involved in really serious heavy drugs around the time I was born, as I understand it. Like, I'm talking LSD, heroin, like meth, serious drugs. And he was an addict for his entire adult life. When I asked him about this, his response was, oh, I had a horrible childhood. Mm. You know what? Everybody has issues. Everybody has their shit. And I understand that. There's a part of the brain chemistry there where you can't deal with it, and you might take a drug, and you think, oh, this is my escape. I totally understand Mm -hmm. that because I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I will have some wine. One glass turns into a bottle. I get it. However, (laughs) it doesn't turn into a bottle every day for me. You know what I mean? It's easy for people to – I mean, it makes that person feel like they are not taking control of their situation, and they're blaming it on something else. I'm definitely with you when I say that you can't – yeah, he, he has no right to blame his entire situation right. on his, his childhood. And my issue with that is everybody has their stuff, right? Everybody has junk they deal with. Everyone has Every, problems. Everybody's everybody parents have done a number on them. Right. Now, yeah. Yeah. my father had some serious, which I no, won't No, no, no. I agree, I agree with you. With you. Like, 
But all I'm saying is he had some real issues. But where I have a struggle with, and this is where I, I can't even reconcile it within my own head. Right. Where I struggle with, you make a choice to go down the path of, I'm going to drown myself in heroin, LSD, acid, pot, everything I can think of until I don't feel anything at all. And this is how I'm going to live my life. As opposed to, I'm going to deal with my shit. And I'm not saying that I'm I'm not saying I'm right in this mm-hmm. because I know that there's a, a brain chemistry issue going on here. And when you're talking about addiction, I, I understand that it's a disease. I get it. But I have a hard time differentiating between when is it self pity that you just don't want to get out of and when is it truly an addiction? I don't know the answer to that and I don't claim to be the authority and I don't claim to know everything about it, but I have a I have a hard time, you know discerning between the two i don't know what it is but that's where my issue is because my father was an addict till the day he died and that's what killed him can i ask a question yeah so at the the age when you said this was all occurring was was back in the early 80s late 70s right when my father what started well when you knew about it i guess maybe when he started could have been right well (laughs) when i knew about it right probably when i was in my teens 20s okay but but i i i knew had he been doing this your whole life like have i been doing this no had had your father been doing this the whole time had been drinking and drugging from day one his whole adult his whole do you think that because born in 1940 something but do you think that because of the the time that he may have had a mental illness. He did have a mental he did. illness. He had okay. many diagnoses. Yeah, okay. which is a different component. Right. I, b- I was just wondering if like he was, if, if this was helping. Yeah. And the only reason I asked that, and to step on a but side note. But you know note, what? He didn't get help for that mental illness. Exactly. He, he, there you he go. Told me he this. did it himself, though. Well, yeah. yes. Which is a different thing. He self-medicated. That's true. I didn't Most think about that. Most people self-medicate. Yeah, because yeah, the reason you say that is because of what, what I just went through. There but was there's me- also mental illness in my yeah. family, what serious mental illness. Yeah, right, we've and we've talked about that. Yeah. No, the reason I'm just saying the tragedy that my family just went through, there was mental illness. Yeah. And and I, I you totally know, think that's true. And I totally think that yeah. the choices that were made by this individual were to silence the things oh, that were going yeah, on yeah. in his head. Completely. He wasn't picking up a drink like I need to get drunk today. I, I think honest. I think honestly, exactly yeah. the the alcohol. Yeah made this quiet down and he felt better so what do you do and i mean because I, I, I don't know because i know that he had gotten help like yeah. he he had he had gotten help he had a therapist he was on he was on medication and 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 i can say this with sort of out going into too too much information about it just because who yeah. might be listening yeah, but yeah, yeah. um that he was on uh an antidepressant for a while mm-hmm. and he got a brain aneurysm uh-huh. and he was also acting sort of erratically like there was a day that he was walking down the street in his underwear and he thought he was going and his mother a story for you when you're done his yeah. mother had was there visiting and she had left and she found him down halfway down the street and she pulled over and she rolled the window down she said hey stranger where are you going he says i don't feel good i'm taking myself to the hospital mm-hmm. they were like 20 miles from the hospital mm-hmm. so so but he was in his underwear he had yeah. he wasn't drunk yeah he did he just did unwell he was unwell, yeah. and so what they found out was he kept having these episodes where he would om- it was almost like a panic attack, like he thought he was also having a heart attack or something yeah. like that. So they would well they would go to the ER and they would spend many a night in the ER, people trying to figure it out. He would go to his doctor. His doctor would say, "Well, I don't really know what's going on with you because it's not happening in front of me. So we can't we don't know." So when 
when they would happen in the ER. By the time they would get there, his his body would regulate. He would be okay. And so they would they would say so. Eventually, his doctor said, "We think it's this antidepressant, which was Zoloft. We think you're allergic to it. So we're going to take you off of it for a little while." It was it was part of his other medic medical regimen. So they mm -hmm. thought that there was an issue with it. And he was like, well, you know, I really feel better when I'm well, they put him on it for a while. And he was like, I feel really better. It made a lot of improvement. But then he started having these panic attack, heart attack things. And they said, oh, this 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 is the component of the cocktail for your high blood pressure and all this other stuff that we think is messing things up. So they took it out. Everything else changed. His health went better, but mentally he deteriorated. Yeah. And while he was off of that medication, he that died. Happened. That happened. Uh, you know, so. I, I have yeah. a, a family member who I think I've mentioned before, I, and mm. I, I joke about it, but I really do have a long line of some serious mental uh, illness in my family. I have a family member who, so my grandfather had was schizophrenic. My, my father uh, was schizophrenic and bipolar and something else I forget. I have a family member, an aunt of mine, and I don't, I don't mind sharing this story, but it's, it's relevant to what you were just saying, Gabe. I have an aunt who is um, bipolar, and I know that's not the current term for it, but bear with me. Bipolar, schizophrenic, multiple personality, and she has another diagnosis that I don't remember. She has been unwell for her entire adult life. Mm. She's also been a really heavy drinker her whole life, right. and she's tried some really hardcore drugs most of her life. Um, she went missing for a number of years. Um, she was gone wow. um, because she decided she was just going to go on a walkabout. So she just left. She had two young children, left, um, and decided she was going to go walk. Um, the first time she left, she decided that she was going to – so my, my family, m for those who don't know, most of my family is out on the West Coast – um, and so this aunt and are a riot. By the way, I just throw that in there. They're okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> alcoholics, but yes, a riot. <laughs> 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 so my aunt um, was really unwell, and she had been recently diagnosed. But um, she decided one day she was going to leave her home where she had two children under the age of ten. She just decided to go on a walk. She lived outside of Portland, Oregon and was walking to Seattle, Washington. It's about, if I remember correctly, I want to say 300 miles, give or take. I could have that wrong, but it's 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 about 300 miles, okay. give or take. Um, so she was walking to Seattle because she thought she was pregnant with the next Messiah. Mm. Wow. She wasn't pregnant. <laughs> but in her mind, she believed she was carrying the next Messiah. She was walking to Seattle for whatever reason, because that's where she was going to deliver this Jesus. Um, so my family, you know, picked her up. She was under a bridge. She'd been missing for a long time. She was right. under a bridge. She was very much mentally ill, but she was drinking a lot of alcohol to try to quiet the voices. Right. Because she had always said that they are telling me to do X, Y, and Z. They are looking for me. They are talking to me. And and we we found at that point that she was drinking a large amount of alcohol to try to quiet that, to try to numb it. And at that point, she wasn't getting appropriate treatment. Sure. She later, um, maybe 
I don't know, two or th- I don't know what time frame this was, but a few years later, um, when she went missing, she was gone for a number of years. We didn't know where she was. Ultimately, she was arrested in California for solicitation. Um, she was crazy. She was n- on no medication, nothing, living on the streets in San Diego. And my family went down there, picked her up. It's a long, long story, but the bottom line is they went down there and got her and brought her into um, a state-facilitated healthcare um, mm-hmm. uh, hospital where she was diagnosed with those disorders, I think bipolar, whichever the correct term is now, schizophrenia, multiple personality, and something else that I can't remember. And she was on a, a cocktail of medications. I mean, mm. serious meds, lithium. Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, serious, hardcore drugs that would put a normal person in a catatonic state. Right. And she was functioning just fine. She's still unwell. And she's on all of these medications and she drinks a lot mm. because the medication, in my opinion, it's not the right it mix for work. her. Right. So she's probably built up a tolerance for all these meds that sure, she's on. Absolutely. And on top of that, she drinks a Which lot of alcohol. Which you're not supposed to drink not supposed to do because with antidepressants. Right. That's right. Yeah. So she's on antidepressants, antipsychotics. Um, and she's still crazy as a loon (laughs) because her meds aren't working for her and she's drinking a lot. So it's just a very precarious balance. And I think of, well, what do you do in a situation where you have someone who is seriously mentally ill and they're genuinely sick and they're on these medications because they're just trying to quiet their own mind? There's no real treatment for that. I mean, to get someone... I don't know the laws for all the states, but to get someone committed against their will is next to impossible. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to prove that they are a harm to themselves and a harm to other people. And if you can't prove both, you're not going to fucking get them committed. There's no such thing as just committing someone. You can't do that. It's really difficult to get people care against their will. And, And if you can finally get someone to agree to go under, you know, a state, for example, care program. Sure. Um, they may not get the right care because if there's no money going into their program, who's going to pay for all these drugs for them to get healthy? Not, not well the and state. It's, and it's just like, you know, That's does, my does the state, <laughs> and, and no particular state, but like you were saying, Eric, there's there's no help because if someone goes into a rehab facility and they're, they have a mental disorder, they're like, oh, we can't help you here. Get out. Right. So that person goes and gets drunk or gets high because and goes back trying to quiet their mind. and goes back to prison. Exactly. Yeah. So do you think like the court systems or the state in general sits back and says like your your aunt, for, yeah. for example, and says, you know what? She's in a facility, right? Yeah. OK. Well, now, she, no, she's not now. But she but she takes all her meds, but she drinks I heavily. Think so, yes. She's not well. Are people just satisfied with going to bed? Yes. And I'm not saying and I'm not saying you or your family, but, but going yeah. back and saying, you know what? She's safe. She's well, safe tonight. I can tell you for us. And right. I'll, I, I won't hesitate in sharing this for us. Yes. We right. know that she's safe. She right. is in. Um, it's so not a facility, but it's like a it's like a, a step above a halfway house. Right. So she was in a halfway house for a while and now she's in like a state run. It's like a it's like an assisted living facility but right. with less care than that. Independent living. Yes. Independent living, but it's a state owned mm-hmm. facility. So she has a little studio apartment mm-hmm. and now she's got some care coming in. So she's got someone coming in and she didn't for years. She didn't have this, but now she does. She's got someone checking in on her, I don't know, a few times a week, making sure she's bathed, <laughs> making sure right. she's got food, making sure she's taking her meds. So, yes, we know she's safe. 
And so that's good enough. Well, right. I mean, but don't you think, well, we're not going to nothing that we can can do. do. You're not going to stop her from drinking. No, we can't. And and obviously they can't get her medication. Right. So you rest easy by saying she's safe. Right. And, 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 you know, when we say you want to come hang out with us for the week. Nope. All right. What I what I always tried to propose with the state and the state doesn't give a shit what you think at all. Right. Which is why I got out of it. But I would actually have people that would go to 90 day treatment and succeed. But then they would come back to their project house where grandma, mama. Their aunt, sure. their uncle, all their the sister, same all smoke crack. Mm-hmm. So before they could come see me for the first time out of their treatment, they were testing positive for cocaine. And, you know, I can remember Barbara Cradle. I remember looking at her drug test and seeing it was positive for cocaine. I just threw it in the trash. I was like, fuck it, you're clean. Right. You're, you're off my you're off my caseload. I can't deal with you no more. Because they know? don't change the situation, right? You so can't. It's like taking an alcoholic that's clean and say, let's go to a bar. So my point is, right. right, exactly. So my point is, is that I'm all about, like, let's put them in those situations. Let's put them in treatment. But let's, I think it would be cool if we could find a way to give them skills and mm. provide them with a job elsewhere when they come out. Like, if you're from Raleigh, if that's where you lived your, your whole life, let's, um, let's put you in a halfway house Fayetteville. in Fayetteville. Uh, away from uh, your environment. Well, yeah. Let's let's give you a job at Burger King, right? In Fayetteville. So when you come out, you've got a job, you've got a place to live. Yeah. But you're out of that situation. We're not yeah. returning you back to the scene of the yeah. crime because yeah. it's not yeah. gonna work. It it's isn't gonna, gonna work. work. Right. You know? And so that's why when I see all of our taxpayer money being shit on, I was like, "Fuck this! I got to change my mm-hmm. job." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I, I, the reason I took the job in the first place was to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this isn't nothing but a fucking scam. They just scam. want you to be a babysitter. This is a scam. Yeah. Uh, you're, right. a, you're a glorified babysitter for nothing. Mm, that's, that's exactly right. It is too bad. That's cause depressing. Because it's, it's like, I, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff, like, especially in this part of town on the, on the news where they talk about housewives that are staying home that have gotten addicted to crystal meth which is apparently really b- big here, but it was, it was, it was the, and I'm not, I know where you're going. Why is it the housewives? That's not what I was oh, going to say at but all. But it's, um, it's like women that are at home all day. They're like, oh, I, I, I just thought I would do a little bit of it. And then I realized I could clean my house. And then I realized I could mow the yard. And then I was doing it. I could get all these things done. And then you step back and say, ah, but you were also picking up your children from yeah. school. You were driving a car. And it's like a lot of them say, well, you know, and it starts out. With a prescription that can't be filled not anymore. Not crystal meth. No, no, no. What I'm saying <laughs> is, no, no, no. That's not what I said. It starts out with a prescription that can no longer be filled. And then so they move on else. to something else, which is readily available, crystal meth or heroin, that m- isn't necessarily going to fix their pain, but it's going to give them that euphoric feeling that they feel like they need to have. And, it, and a lot of it, it's like you said, you can go in for to the ER for a weekend and get a three-day prescription and it's you like know, oh my god this and obviously and i know this that no narcotic has a refill on it you have to go back to the doctor yeah. or you know be in a program to get it, it refilled each time bo- no refills. right yep. so when you go into the you know if you can't get that especially people that don't have a doctor that go into the er like megan you said before people that come in all the time looking for that stuff when when that prescription runs out and you can't 
get it refilled. You can't get a doctor to write you a new one. They move on to something else. They're going to come back to the ER. They're going to come back to the ER. Or they're the going to move on to... They're going to come back to the ER again. Yeah. And then if they don't want to get what they get from us, they're going to go to another ER. To another ER. Uh, you know, I was thinking it's about um, our sister show, Rick and Beef. We should do a douche. We haven't done a douche yet. Let's do a douche. Douche. That's an empty douche. Douche to Rick and Bee. <laughs> if if, um, if I thought she could make it, I would send Charo to make me another drink because I see that she's really good at it. But She's Mensa-ing. She's on the way out. She's um, bejeweling. What I was going to say was um, on their latest show, they talked about meth. Right. And how prevalent it is in our community, which I had no idea. I didn't know it was that prevalent either. And so I'm thinking about, well, God, if it's it, – because Rick mentioned um, it was prevalent among the gay community. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking – if it's prevalent among the gay community, it's prevalent it's everywhere. It's got to be prevalent among the rest of the community. Sure. You know, the gays, the not gays, the straights, the lesbians, the trans, whoever you are, purples, polka dots, whatever. It's got to be. It's got to be prevalent here. Thank God I don't know about it. But do you see what I'm saying? It's got to be everywhere. It is and, everywhere. And That's where I saw that that show on the news, and it was about housewives that were talking about here locally. It was here locally, uh -huh. and it was just about how there was a there was a a, a a news report not even two weeks ago, I think, where in a nice in a neighborhood like this, mm -hmm. but it was in Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. It was the police were called for a domestic abuse case. Thing, case. Mm -hmm. They get there, and it looked like the wife had been pushed around a little bit. So they were just sort of like, this is how it was described: like they put the wife over here and the husband over here, and they're getting the stories. Well, while they're getting the story, they discover the house is a meth lab. Oh a perfect setup meth lab right in the middle of this perfect neighborhood. Uh -huh. Nobody suspected. Uh -huh. So it's prevalent in the, in every community. Yeah. You just, just don't see it. Yeah. Right. It's everywhere. Yeah. Right. You know what's interesting is I think each of us around this table, we sell, we all self-medicate. Oh, I we thought you said sure. we all sell drugs. No. I was like, we all on the air right now. We're supposed to tell I mean, people about that. <laughs> no, no. We but all self medicate. Crank call, crank call. <laughs> but I'm just saying, we each do it to a sure, different absolutely. degree. Like we all have had, you know, we started earlier um, and we had a couple cocktails to mm. just no like, doubt. oh, God, what a horrible week. Let's have a glass of wine sure. or let's have a drink or whatever. And it is. that's self medicating. It, that's what yeah. I said. No, no, it's no. Self medicating, yeah. totally. I think we're lucky enough that we to know when to stop. Well, and we're lucky enough that number one, our self medication is legal. Mm -hmm. Number two, we're lucky enough that we're able to say, okay, enough. Mm -hmm. um, but there are obviously people in our community who we don't even know about, who, who number one, what their self-medication of choice is, is not legal. And number two, they can't say enough. But mm -hmm. we're not that different if you think about it because we all have our own personal demons, whether it's, oh, what a shitty day at work or, oh, I'm going through, I don't know, some kind of personal oh. issue or whatever it is. We all self-medicate, and some people self-medicate with food. I mean, I'm not just saying it's yeah. not just alcohol like That's us. Right. Some people self I mean, I do. I'll, I'll have and some cupcakes and if is I need it, to. And could it be, uh, j just to touch on that self-medication that self self point, and going back to it doesn't matter what kind of childhood you had or, or, or that experience, is it possible because self people that self-medicate, like – I can speak from my example. I didn't grow up. I grew up in, in a family. My parents loved each other. They loved all five of, you know, uh, of us kids. And, 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 you know, we grew up in a, in a nice house and that kind of stuff. And 
but I didn't grow up in a, a hugging family. We didn't say I love you, or we and we didn't. We talk, didn't either. And we didn't talk about our problems. It was sort of I, I I joke and say we could almost be British because we just carry on. You just put on this face That's no matter what's happening. We were the same. Right. We were exactly the same. And you you don't. You shut up. You suck it up. You go forward. And you don't put your shit out the front door. That's right. And so anything that went on with us, we we didn't talk about those kinds of things. So I wonder. So and Scott will tell you I'm not a lovey dovey person. I'm not a huggy. I love you kind of kind of guy and it's because because that's that's what i grew up in you know i don't know how to be any other way so i wonder if a lot of people that self-medicate when we say oh if you you know if you went and talked to somebody if you got help but how many people don't talk how many people don't talk about what's going on in their life because they don't know how because they don't know how to do it Mm -hmm. You know? I don't talk about what's going on. I don't life. either because I don't know how to do it. So well, I don't talk about it because I feel like it's nobody's. I don't. I don't want to let it. I don't want to let anybody in. Well, you know, and I'll say this. I've said. I don't know if I've said it on the show before, but you know, uh, with our history, when I was a kid, I was molested by my tennis coach. And now everybody knows. And that. I don't care. Everybody knows that. But I didn't talk about it when it happened. I talked about it when I was an adult, and we went through that whole legal process. But when I was a kid. I didn't know how to talk about it. Well, you don't when you're a kid. You don't. I know. But I even, hope you realize that, that. That's not something. No, no, no. But even but even when I was a teenager, I didn't know, and I just remember being dropped off for tennis practice, and hating what was going to happen. But I didn't know how to talk about it, and it wasn't until I was an adult. Are you sure you want to talk about it now? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Please, I've already been through all this before. I know, but not but on, not in the recording. I, it's I'm just giving you the no, opportunity. I don't care. To, okay. So. It's not private for me. It's not private. Um, but but it was just because I didn't know how to talk about it, you know. And so I just wonder if there are so many people that are like that. Before you move on from that, how did you deal with it? And I don't want to go into, you know. Well, how I dealt with it was I was a general manager at Abercrombie. And the person that did it walked into the store one day and hadn't seen them for years. And all of a sudden, phew, it was like it went from the back of my head back up here, and I basically had a breakdown in the middle of the store and freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then did I you, went to I went to my parents. I didn't and mean I went in the moment. How did you deal with it? I mean, how, did how did I deal with it? I, I self medicated a lot. Yeah, that's what I was lot. getting at. That's did you remember at. it up until that point? I I did I didn't forget about it, but it was like I put it put it away. I put yeah. it away because I mean I had a similar situation that I won't get into, but it for years I didn't even know about it until i took a class about it mm-hmm. and then it was like what the hell am i remembering because yeah. you do that like you put it in the back of your head and you don't remember it until it takes one event to something shock it and back. we were and i went up to the teacher after class and i was like is it possible and she's like absolutely because as a kid you push so much back mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in the back of your mind that you don't even think about and then it's like the laws here like you're talking about how liberal they are and and, and how stern I feel like in that sense, they're 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 a little bit of both because by the time I had this this incident happen when I when I was at work, and uh, I went to my parents about it, and we went to the local authorities about it, and we contacted an attorney about it. I couldn't press charges against him because the statute of limitations was over. Which yeah. is bullshit. So, yeah. but I was but but we were able to sue him civilly, mm-hmm. and we got a written confession. Because the civil part didn't have didn't have a statute at that point, but the criminal part did. He's still a teacher and a tennis coach. There's nothing I can do about it. And in our settlement, I wasn't allowed to talk about it for so long. Mm-hmm. 
Are you past that point now? Yeah. Because okay. that was... <laughs> just checking. I was just like checking. 15... I'm just checking. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a long, long time ago. But... Or almost 20... No. A long time ago. But yeah. But he's still a teacher today. Mm. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. No. I'm sure I wasn't the only no, one. No, there was no, no way I was the like, only one. But you, you started to talk about how you self-medicated. I self-medicated. What was your self-medication? Was it alcohol? Was it drugs? <sighs> it was, was a little it? bit of everything. Anything that I got my hands on. Just to so numb it and quiet. Just to numb it and quiet. Quiet the noise. Because I didn't want to talk about it. Of course not. So, yeah. Well, no, because if ca- talking about it makes it real. I lived a pretty reckless life at that point. Yeah. You know, after that. Yeah. So, um, and it wasn't until I finally sat down like I, like I would today and say, you know what? I don't care to talk about it. It's over. This person doesn't have that power over me anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm pretty good at forgiving people. I can't ever, I don't know about that I would ever. Forgetting is a different thing. I'll, don't ever forget. No, no, I'm saying yeah. forgiving. I know. I, 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 I can't do either yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, what sucks is that my hands are tied that this person could still be doing stuff like that. You know? Yes, and that's I, a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. But, but you, you but, can do nothing about that. But I can do nothing about it. I can't say a word because the civil suit is sealed. So if I went to the author- if I made say hey this person did this to me, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because yeah. because you can't get into my case file. So I think that the common thread through this really dark show that we've had <laughs> has been how you doing? Yes, <laughs> but but self medication and and I, for me anyway, what I have gleaned from all this is is there's dark twisted shit, and we can't really judge. You know, I, I know that I'm judging when it comes to addiction. I will own that. But that's short-sighted of me. And I think many of us will tend to judge, you know, is a person addicted because they're a shithead in a low life? Or what's going on, really? What are mm. they dealing with? What are they trying to self-medicate against? And, I, and, right. and, you know, we all have a degree of self-medication. And some of us are able to do it with a cocktail. Some of us have to do it with something harder. And some of us can do it with no repercussion. And some of us can't. And those who can't sometimes go down a dark path. But, right. uh Wow, this has been heavy. What do we have that's not heavy, Gabe? I'm hoping you got something to pick us out of this dark place. Oh my God, the Kardashians are getting married yeah, tomorrow. Oh I'm just God. kidding. Oh. Oh. Let's not go there. We don't care about Kimye. So okay, but I hope so we have something hold on. funny. I got something. It kind of goes along Take with us our. Take us out of this mess. So you ready for some headlines? Yes. All right. <laughs> so, all right. Headlines. 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 How you doing? How you doing? All right. Let's talk. Um, so this kind of goes back to the headlines that we talked about in the last show. Uh-huh. You know what? You know what May is? Stripper month? Nope. What? My birthday. Nope. What? Eric. Your birthday? Mother's Day. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> Spring. May. <laughs> what is May? Is for masturbation month. Oh, Jesus H. Yes. It's so almost over. So is every month so for masturbation? So get to your local Starbucks. And whip it out. <laughs> Didn't we talk about this Make already? Make your own cream. No, <laughs> we talked about masturbation, but we did, but Didn't I'm just. We talk about the we girl about like Starbucks. Lashonda Johnson or whatever in, in the, the jail. No, that was a cop in the Starbucks. Well, let's go. What do you got? That's what I was talking about. Okay, Mon- what's happening in Starbucks? And so for nothing is happening in Starbucks. I'm ready to jack off. What y'all waiting on? No, I said off. May is for masturbation. So I said, like, everybody head out to your Starbucks because oh, the cop. Now I get it. And and there she comes. Literally. <laughs> so for the month for this show, we're gonna dedicate the song "The Divinals." I touch myself. I'm not gonna play it. Good. Look I it up. Eric, do you know that song? I, I do. You do. About you. I I myself. Myself. 
want you to love me. Okay. What's the headline? That was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep singing. I don't know the rest of the words. Um, okay. So what is what is what is the oddest oddest name for a school for a university? First thing off your head, Megan. You, go. Mean, you mean the sports team? Nope. Oh. Just the school, the university. Uh, Give me a name. I don't know. Like Cock College. Uh, I don't know where. He's I have going. no idea. Pussy University. What? Eric, give me one. Are we just making things up? No, here? I'm going around. This is a hot, this is a topic I'm trying to get of you guys an to actual give. in the U.S. Yes. No, it's not in the U.S. I'm sorry. It's in it's in Asia. Um, oh, it's in Asia. Yeah, Lars, it's in Japan actually. Lardsack University. Lardsack. Um, Lardsack. All right, I'm going with Banger because I have no idea. There Banger, is a university, university. in in Japan named Kinky University. Okay. I like that. Yeah. What, what's what the, what's they their degree? There? Uh, I don't know, but they're having to change their name to mm-hmm. Daigaku. Daigaku University. Daigaku. The new name will take effect in twenty. Wouldn't that be awesome to have a degree that said you no. you mastered in business from Kinky University? I mastered in Kinky business. Ooh, now there she is. Took me a while to catch up. Right. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So you want some more? Yeah. Bring uh, it. All right, I will bring it. Uh, da, 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 da. There was a never mind. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> so I was watching Jimmy Kimmel last week, and there was like so he does this thing that he goes out and it's called Lie of the Day, where he goes out onto the lie street, of the day? lie of the day, uh-huh. and they go out on the street and they make some something totally bullshit up and they ask people about it. They're like, like what? Uh, did you know that Godzilla was real? And how do you feel about them making a movie about it? And there was this one girl. She goes. Well, I think it's really insensitive to all the people that died. That can't when be true. It's on TV. Look it up. Okay, I watched it. Must it. be true. I watched it happen. I watched this the episode. This girl believed that Godzilla was real. She wasn't the only girl. Quite a few people believed that the Godzilla actually happened. I don't believe that. Look it up. No, I believe you. No, they believed it. I don't it. believe that people and are And then there stupid. was then there was this one girl that just sort of looked at him. She was like, "Godzilla was real." No. She had to Google it. She had to Google yawn. it. Eric just yawned. Oh. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Eric's bored with that story. Well, a customer sues a stripper for Harry Potter DVDs. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Because Megan so wants to be a stripper. Megan, would, <laughs> would you? You said it at the I last know show. I did, I know I did. Well, okay. Hang on a second. I'll explain it. Okay. So sorry, my uh, computer's Megan being slow. Megan wants to be a stripper, so she was telling us about her audition that she wanted to do at the age of eighteen, but she didn't do it. So I think we could spend a couple seconds talking about that. Okay. Well. <laughs> oh. Well. I. I have it now. Saved by Gabriel. Go there on. We go. <laughs> but we'll come back to you. Uh, so Robert Wallace is mad. It says he gave his heart, soul and his Harry Potter DVD collection to a Houston stripper. Oh, my shout out to Houston. Houston. Hey, Houston. Um, hey, Felicia. Hey, Felicia's. There's a lot of Felicia's in Houston. I'm sure. Um, and now he can't even get back the Harry Potter films. He was He's a Houston-based software developer, i.e. he lives in his mother's basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> in the woodlands. <laughs> in the woodlands. <laughs> wow. Um, for those of you who don't know, I used to live in the woodlands. Um, it's Houston's Carrie. Okay. Um, he thought he was in a dating relationship with exotic dancer Nomi Mims. Ew. That's spelled N-O-M-I. Of course. M-I-M-S. What does that 
He thought he was in a dating relationship. He Did loaned he her. her no, he loaned her two thousand dollars, a laptop, and his J.K. Rowling books. You mean he gave it to her? Right. Yeah. When the alleged relationship ended on May third, Wallace had hoped that Mims would return the items. She had wait. She hasn't. So now he says he's suing her to get the money, laptop, and the Harry Potter DVDs. Uh, fat chance. The stripper says she never dated Wallace, and the items were gifts that he gave to her. This is the problem with fat loser men who go to strip clubs. You think that the woman who's bumping and grinding all up in your <laughs> junk likes you? She doesn't. She just wants your dollar bills and her hoo ha. And when you <laughs> and give your them books. to her, you think that she loves you. She doesn't love you. She likes the money that you give her. So do not give your Harry Potter collection to some stripper named because <laughs> exactly. you will be sad. Because you know what she will say. She will say, I don't believe in loans because I don't want to pay nobody back. That was a loan? That's what she said. Lies. I've given him gifts too, you know. How do I get my booty and boobs back? No, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> she said, how do I get my booty and boobs back? How do I get my booty back? Mm-hmm. That is my new mom. Uh, Wallace believed that back. the two were intimate and that they were building a life intimate? together. Intimate? No. Did they have a picture of Wallace? Intimate. My ass, they were intimate. He went into the back room. She whacked him off. That's all it took for intimacy. However, yeah. however right. she has said that it's unfortunate that she may have given him the wrong impression. Or unfortunate. Unfortunate. Sorry. Okay, that girl. it's it, unfortunate. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> so, anyway. Girl, let's talk. Let's talk. Wow. Anyway. That guy's a loser. Sorry. What's his name? Oh, Wallace. 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 His first name was Wallace? That's the first problem. That was his last name. I don't know. I've already left the story. See, listen. But I want Booty Mims to get her booty back. How do you get somebody's booty back? Her booty wasn't gone nowhere. She just rubbed it all up on this Wallace fellow, and she wants that five minutes of her time back. Because you know he didn't take longer than five minutes. She got $2,000 for her booty. Well, must be a good booty. But that's all she got? She looks like a drag queen. Let's see. You got a picture? Yep. Everyone gather around. No. Sorry, oh, Eric. Oh, she looks My like God. Brandy. Who? Brandy. I made a really, Brandy. really can I can I make a really, really bad joke that I made the other She's night? She's not cute. with uh no. with Eric and um Charo the other night. And Brad and Brad uh-huh. um Pfeiffer. Uh-huh. So we were having this debate about a song by Monica, The Boy Is Mine. Isn't that right, Charo? That's not Monica. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Okay, it is. I said it was Aaliyah, and you know what? Br- I thought it was Brandy. It's Brandy and Monica. Yeah. I said it was Brandy and Ma- Aaliyah. No. And and Brad goes, no. It's not. So I'm gonna make a terrible joke, and you're all gonna go, oh, but it's not too soon because it's been like 15 years. So, um, Brad goes, no, Aaliyah said, sang that song back, back and forth, and I said, oh no, that's what her airplane was saying. But um, bum. That is awful. That is awful. <laughs> but good, right? It was quick. No. Well, quick. Bad. Too soon? It's been like too 15 soon. years. Too soon. Okay. That's like making a Buddy Holly <laughs> joke. A <Uh-oh>. what? <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Holly. Who's Buddy Holly? <laughs> no, he's not black. <laughs> <laughs> the peanut gallery said he was a short Isn't black man. Isn't there a song about Buddy Holly? Buddy Holly. Buddy yeah. Holly died in a plane, plane crash, crash in 196. But what's the song of with Buddy Holly? You're thinking of the Ooh, we You're thinking we of like just like Buddy Holly. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, Weezer. Oh, and, and Mary Tyler Moore. Not I the same. don't care what <laughs> they say about, about us anyway. anyway. 
I don't care about that. Yeah, it's Weezer. That's the only reason I know Buddy Holly. Are you serious? Pretty much. You have no excuse. Go Google it. Because you're no. Listen. So So let's talk about this. I'm being serious. You were old enough to know who Buddy Holly is. Let's talk about this. He died in a plane crash. Twenty-five years old and not the slightest clue. Wait, who's George Michael? Who's George Michael? I know who George Michael is. <laughs> so I'm gonna go around the table one more time. Oh God! Okay. So be be wait. Start with. <laughs> so you've all at some point in your life owned pets, right? Not personally. No, but, but you've my but family. you grew right. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're gonna start with you, Heather. Okay. What's the strangest thing that say puppy brought home? What? What? Wasn't that wasn't that the name of your dog? One of puppy brought. That's home. what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. Strangest thing one of our pets brought home. What's the weirdest thing that one of your pets ever brought home? A oh, dead okay. animal. Yeah. Okay. What kind of dead animal? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let me think. Probably a dead gopher or something. Okay, yeah. Eric. My cat Sammy brought home a, like a like a squirrel. Okay. okay. Megan. A dildo. Her, her dogs don't go outside. Her dogs brought home dildos. No, my dogs never brought anything home. They never killed anything. You have a cat? No. Okay. They were inside cats. Look at you. Our cats killed the mice in the house and left those at my doorstep and put one in my book bag and I brought it to school one day and it stank to holy heaven and I didn't know what it was until seventh period in Miss Hershey's class when Mike, I forget the his mouse name, was in your book bag? took the mouse out of my the stinking dead oh, mouse out disgusting. of my book because I didn't know what it was I didn't well, know why it was stinking and he went into my book bag and pulled this dead mouse out it was gross. <laughs> <laughs> Heather's head just exploded. It was gross. <laughs> I mean, he saved the day because I wasn't brave enough to go look and see what was smelling so bad. But a dead mouse had climbed into my—I mean, the mouse had climbed into my book bag. It was half dying because the stupid cat had tried to Aww, kill it, so it climbed mouse. into my book the bag. The lesson for for the next That's show: gross. don't do fucking cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. You're Rack like is dead mouse book bag girl. <laughs> I know. I was. That's so gross. Mike F- Fisher, Fischel. I forget his name. But he Greg Fischel's a weatherman. No, no, no. Mike Fischel, Mike Fischel, Mike something. Mike Rob? Fischel. I don't right. know what his name oh. was. Not Mike Rob. What's okay. The, what's the so p- what's your y- point? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the point. That Heather is dirty, dead animal book bag girl. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just what's kidding. What's your point about the Okay, so, so sometimes a dead animal just doesn't cut it with some cats. So they bring a cat in a cat in Ashmore, New Zealand, returned home from a jaunt outside Sunday with a 0.2-ounce bag of marijuana oh. in its mouth. That's Sweet. weird. The cat's owner promptly called the police to report the drug police? trafficking feline. Why did they do that? He said the woman said her cat had given her a bag of drugs. <laughs> Arrest my cat immediately. And then he said, look at my big dick. <laughs> <laughs> Go to our web, our Facebook page and for we'll, that reference. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I have a quick, st- or a really quick, funny story that I may Tell have discussed uh, yeah. on on here before, but it's okay. a it's a pot story. So my aunt uh, had pot growing at the end of her driveway, and she thought it was beautiful. <laughs> so she yeah. dug it up and planted it in her uh, <laughs> in her uh, um. Something. In her flower bed right in front of her house. And she was growing these <laughs> lovely pot plants that she didn't know what they were. And believe me, when I tell you, she didn't know what she, she didn't know what they were. And uh, so my cousin came home one day and she took them out. She's like, look at these lovely plants that I had. And he was like, mama, that's <laughs> pot. 
you're growing pot. He goes, you're growing pot at the front of your house by the driveway. He was like, she had it out in the open. Like, isn't this pretty? She was so nervous. She called the cops and made them come move it. What? She planted it. She called them and made them come get it. She was afraid that if she got caught digging it up, it would be illegal. Okay. How long ago was this? It was probably about 10 years ago. Because she could have burned it and made the whole neighborhood happy. <laughs> Her son was a pothead, so he would have probably <laughs> preferred that he dug it up. But oh she she was so upset about it that she caught. But I will never forget going to the family reunion and that story being told. And she was so embarrassed. But she was like, look at these beautiful plants I got. I, they were at the end of the driveway, and I put them in the, in the flower bed. And they oh sprouted, and they grew. And she was <laughs> growing pot in her front house. What a weird show this has been. <laughs> I know. I, I need to go self-medicate now I with another too. cocktail. Oh, my God. So but thank you, Megan and Eric, Eric, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Very strange show. Very dark. I'm glad we ended on a happy note, though. We I'm glad it. we had we some. We ended it talking about marijuana. And I'm glad we had some fried chicken at the Eric beginning. Eric is breathing heavily into our microphone. Stop that. Okay, you guys are creepy. Boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. This was um, emotional and challenging, and thank God we ended on a happy note. So yes. With so that note, we're gonna go. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's, let's go, go to a douche. bar. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go douche. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next time. Bye, Felicia. I knew that was coming later. <laughs> the is high. This one's for you. Too.